1: Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm
2: your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on this wonderful Monday, January 17th. The LA Galaxy out on the fields at Dignity Health Sports Park today, back in action for 2022. We'll tell you who was out there. We'll tell you how it probably wasn't everybody that they're going to need. Uh, we're going to get you through a bunch of that. Also, has AEG been misbehaving? We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the AEG social media account, what it's been doing over the weekend. It was busy this weekend. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Also, uh, our our wonderful co-host here got to talk a little bit with Greg Vanny. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So a bunch of little things to sort of put together, but I'll be honest, if I could play crickets, I'd play crickets because that's sort of what it feels like around the LA Galaxy right now. But the man who is back and ready to go, he has unmuted himself, hopefully. He's rocking and rolling. It's Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, did you like how I said that? So that way you would remember to unmute yourself. I'm still mute. Oh, there you go. You got it. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you. How about now? Yeah, perfect. See, you did it. Good job. Oh, now, now you muted yourself again. Apparently, I don't, I don't know. I thought this would be easy for you, Kevin. Apparently, apparently, we've we've screwed everything up. So, um, oh yeah. So there we go. We just lost Kevin too. Wonderful. I'm I'm glad we're I'm glad we're having so much fun already in this wonderful uh, wonderful Monday show. This is how I feel like this is how the off season is going to go for the LA Galaxy. I feel like this is how the off season has gone for the LA Galaxy. Is that um. You know, there hasn't been a whole bunch of, uh, of 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 news to talk about. And as soon as you start talking about everything, it goes quiet. Are you there, Kevin? We got you back? I'm back. Okay, good.
0: I'm back. You um, know, we're late. You're late. Maybe after you do this show a few times, you'll figure all this stuff out. And we'll be on time.
2: I would just like to point out that once again, the technical problems were on your side of things. And I just, you, try, I just try to fix things.
0: You told me to act like I'm eating the microphone. I know it looks like I eat everything, but I mean, you I should, sound like, so, so, sound like a, a late night DJ.
2: No, you don't. Actually, love, songs, no,
0: at, love songs on the coast. No,
2: not Larry did it better. I'll be honest with you. And I'm, I'm sure Larry is, uh, okay. is paying attention today too. So See, I
0: got my Doug, I got my Douglas Costa Jersey on because yeah. that's kind of the flavor of the month, right?
2: I have no idea. I mean, you know, out of,
0: national team Douglas Costa
2: out of all the rumors that are currently out there, Kevin, it's the only one that at least like, we know that there has been like contact made or at least interest in, in between the two parties. And that's about, and I don't even know that there is any sort of, um, Let's see how I can say it. I don't know that there's any sort of real guess here that whether or not it's, it's actually going to happen. I, I don't, well, I don't we're, have a high
0: we're talking about At least, at least we're, we, we may be in the right continent. We were talking about France last week. Remember? talking about a French player.
2: Yeah, and that doesn't it's, seem like
0: that's going anywhere, right? No, someone at the Galaxy, when I talked to them, they said, we didn't never even heard that name before. I mean, I think they knew the player, but right. we never even heard that name before that we saw it in the media. We, no idea. Never discussed it. Never The name never came up. Never looked at them. And all of a sudden we're tied to him. And, and you know, we deal with that in the media. But imagine how difficult that is for the team because, you know, that rumor comes out and then all of a sudden fans are interested, media are interested, people are calling, the agents are calling. The guy they're really looking at is going, what the hell? You yeah. know, I thought we had a deal.
2: Yep. yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, nope, there's nothing there. I don't know, crickets, everything else. Listen, I, I think the Galaxy are going to get, you know, I st- <laughs> everybody's sort of sitting here. When are they going to sign people? I I don't know. I, they're coming, I, I would imagine. And we're going to talk a little bit about let's get to the preseason, though. Um, I know I'm already like rushing into the show knowing that we have approximately four things to talk about um, because of uh, everything that's going on. It was well, uh, got
0: to get to it before my my whole system goes out again.
2: Yeah, I was going to say um, it was uh, Martin Luther King's birthday today. So a lot of people uh, Happy birthday. Uh, celebrating that uh, that 93rd, I think his 93rd birthday. Um, So a lot of people celebrated that, including the LA Galaxy uh, offices, right? The AEG offices, the LA Galaxy offices certainly are celebrating it. So whereas maybe you thought that as on the first day of camp, you would get a flurry of videos and a flurry of pictures and a flurry of everything else. I think today was a little more subdued. And I I think, Kevin, you and I were talking about it and you were like, yeah. And if they go and post a whole bunch of videos, and a whole bunch of pictures, then people say, why aren't you observing MLK Day? And when they don't, then everybody sits there and says, well, it's probably because you guys aren't really that you, you, you don't have anything exciting to sort of pitch either. Um uh, you got your obligatory chicha uh video that went out there so there was there was that there was some some of the guys training there were physical pictures from yesterday. It seems like they reported for physicals on Sunday, training on Monday, although that could have been Saturday and Sunday for physicals. But um, well, what I told was,
0: I was told they were going to report Saturday for physical, Sunday they were going to do some other kind of testing things and then today on the field and some of those pictures I mean you talk about they're not in the offices because of Martin Luther King Day. Some of those pictures look like they were taken across from across the street. Anyways, I mean, maybe they weren't even allowed on the grounds.
2: <laughs> Robert Mora had some good pictures. I didn't steal any of those. Robert was like, "Hey, it's a, it's a, it's the first day of me bugging these guys." He was uh, the LA Galaxy uh, team photographer, Robert Mora, who's uh, a good friend of the show. And Robert, Robert has been around as long as David Beckham. Whenever B- David Beckham joined, I think that was Robert Mora's first year. So uh, Robert's been around. He's a treasure, and uh, I, I love that dude. Um, Just super talented photographer has caught me uh, in many, many uh, good lights over the years uh, with, you know, players around. Mostly it's me looking constipated and angry, um, which is, you know, like right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a cold and it's not COVID because I already took the test, but I just, I have a cold and I'm not happy and I didn't sleep well and, you know, normal stuff, but um, galaxy out there. So I would say that it feels Kevin because of the holiday, it feels like, there is no excitement behind this sort of return to camp. Um, there was no big, like... It, I felt like there should have been an explosion of things that happened over the weekend. Maybe I was just busy this weekend and I didn't see it. I wasn't. Um, hey, let's see
0: that coffee mug. What does that say on it there? It
2: says number one dad on it because that's wow. accurate. It-
0: and and who who finished second? Do you know?
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. I think I think it was only a single person in that race. So you yeah. know, first, last, they're really they're really the same.
0: I want to see uh, Arizona audit the vote on that yeah. Maricopa <laughs> County
2: vote. Oh, I'm sure they'll come back with something uh, something fishy. But um, no, I mean, whenever you see it, so I mean, I don't know. It feels anticlimactic. Is that unfair? Uh, because... No,
0: I mean they they haven't done anything yet. I mean, it, there's a couple of small additions to the back line I mean those guys may turn out to be I'm sure they'll turn out to be useful but it, it's not it's not I mean look at what the other look just across town 11 miles away you know Rusnick and and uh Sanchez um,
2: Elias Sanchez
0: Well, was well, yeah Rusnick went to uh Seattle yeah, but yep. they got it, Sanchez and and kellen Acosta coming in right um you know Miami made some big signings they had a press conference today how, how, um I
2: mean- well, are we, is that's that's a bigger thing, though, whenever you think that you have the LA Galaxy, they have in-conference rivals, right? And so you have guys, and, and first of all, across the street rivals, right, with LAFC. And so every transfer window, every year you're trying to compete and trying to beat these guys. And you have, and we're going to talk about it here in a second, but you have, you know, names like uh, Kellen Acosta and Elias Sanchez and Rusnak. Now, these are guys that are all well-known throughout the league and well-coveted throughout the league, right? I mean, we know that there are people throughout the the league that wanted these guys, but the guys that land them are your in-conference rivals. One is across the street with LAFC, one is at Seattle, and the Galaxy, I mean, listen, we can tell you, those guys were on the LA Galaxy's list. Um, Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, and Rusnak. They were aware of all of those guys. So I I know Mike McGee put out a quote and said, if your general manager didn't tell you that Kellen Acosta was available, then you should be fired. And everybody's like, oh, LA Galaxy, seal it. You know, they're all joking with like Mike McGee, the whole thing. But they knew that he was available. They knew that Sanchez was available. They knew that Rusnak was available. Um, And I'm guessing that they made a play for all of them. Now, I was told specifically whenever it comes to Acosta that the Galaxy making a play for them was just sort of not really even in the cards. Like it wasn't even, there wasn't really even a starting point for that. However that is, maybe they didn't offer enough money. Maybe he didn't want to come anywhere to LA. Maybe there was, there was nothing there. And that has a whole deeper thing. Well, he came to LA. This is true. He came to, I mean, maybe (laughs) he didn't want to come to the galaxy, which is even, I mean, listen, he didn't want to go to LAFC either. Let's be honest. Whenever you look at. No, he wanted
0: to go to Europe. He was very upset about it. Well, and not only have they lost those guys to conference rivals, which is important. Um, I think it looks like, Colorado really lost its whole midfield. So they may not be as good as they were last year, but the conference grew by a team and it grew by a really good team, Nashville. It's going to be much harder to make the playoffs. This is a team let's, you know, you and I were talking about the, the, you were a little harder on the galaxy. I think maybe earlier in the week when we just, well, early in the week, it's Monday over the weekend. When we talked about this, you were a little harder on the galaxy. I want to give them a little bit of time because it's just starting preseason camp. They have some time to sign a player. This team may be different when it starts uh, the season, but as of right now, today, camp has opened. They knew in the middle of the summer that they were getting rid of the Jet, or at least late in the summer. They knew early, early in the season that they were getting rid of Jonathan Dos Santos. So they knew they were getting a mil- $3 million in salary back, and they knew they were getting the DP spot, and they knew that they needed to add some midfielders. They knew that. Three midfielders come up early in the, in, in the year, or late in the year, early in the winter, to sign. The Galaxy get none of those three. They're looking for midfielders. They need midfielders. They get none of those three. One of the things Greg Vanny told me uh, in our discussion is we talked about last year. You know, he added, I think he said it, 16 players that turned out to be key players. 12 of them came after the start of the season. Uh, 10 of, uh, you know, they were not in, in camp or anything. And he said, so we've made progress. We're now opening camp with those guys in in camp. They're here now. They're, they're working out with us. So they have the same team back. That sounds like a good thing. Well, that team went 13-12 and 9, uh, didn't make the playoffs. So you have this you didn't make the playoffs last year and you bring the same guys back again. What makes you think you're going to be any better?
2: I mean, there is an argument though that that just by keeping a team together and having more familiarity with the system, with the coach, with each other, with the with some of these guys with the country, with the language, all those things that if you put those same things All things being same, if you had the exact same team as last year coming this year, because they were young enough, Kevin, because they hadn't had enough time to really get to know each other and play, um, you know, side by side together, there seems to, I would make the argument that they get better without doing anything else. Now, how much do they get better? Uh, I don't know. But clearly, like you said, they knew they were going to have holes. They knew that the holes would be in the center of the field. And so far they have not done anything to plug those holes. Now I expect that they will. Right. And I expect, but the bottom line is that there were three players all within MLS, all well-known, all well-known commodities in terms of what you were going to get. Um, I said from the very beginning that if you could, if you could overspend for Rusnak, you could absolutely overspend for Rusnak, and you would have been able probably to secure him. Right. And people will say, no, you could have made him a designated player. And, the argument against that is, I think, really weak because it's a guy who's going to give you double-digit goals, double-digit assists, right? He was, he was. I think he had 21 or 22 goals plus assists for RSL, and he's been consistent with that over the years. So if you needed somebody in the center of midfield who was going to provide you goals, Kevin, you could have had that. You could have been able to do that, and the Galaxy said, basically, maybe Rusnak was totally, it wasn't about the money at all, and he wanted to go to a contender, and he didn't believe the LA Galaxy, which is another problem. If you want to, if you want to say that. But I'm saying that there it they knew they had a chance for these guys. They were on their list and they didn't get any of them.
0: Well, let's say let's go back to your original argument that, you know, it took a, and and Greg made this point over and over again. It took these guys a while to get used to MLS, to get used to the travel, to get used to the style of play. It, people talked about and I talked about the fact that, you know, these guys they, they were wearing name tags into July and they were playing well then. And it was in August and September and October when they, you know, the Galaxy only won two of their last 15 games. And so the idea was they were all comfortable. They were used to Greg's style of play by then. And it was at the end of the season when they weren't winning. And so how did that happen? Um, well, Greg said that, you know, sometimes MLS sort of wears on you. It's it's a different kind of style of play, the travel, all those kind of things. So, and, and he said there was, he thought there was some complacency. They were in such a good position entering August. He thought a lot of guys felt we're just going to go to the playoffs and it's okay. Well, well, here's three guys in Acosta, Rusnik, and Sanchez that know MLS, that are veterans. To, you know, they've been all-stars in MLS. Here are these guys that you can pick up that know the system, that don't have to be educated on it. Um, you can make the argument, perhaps, that maybe the Galaxy got caught looking outside to foreign markets. Yes, they signed Leardem. Yes, they signed uh raheem edwards who played in mls or mls guys but when they were looking for their big guys to fill their big holes you know we we know that they sent a couple people to brazil to look at costa we know that they've been interested in pavone it looks like right now they're getting neither one of those guys right um costa has said he wants to stay in brazil that could be a ploy to get a bigger contract his market value is a little over four million dollars the galaxy could afford that um Greg spoke very highly of Costa said he's one of the best players in the world, but then he added the caveat when he's fit and when he's healthy and when he's motivated, when you add the motivation thing to it, that's always a turnoff for me because that means you, you got to really walk. It's kind of a Gio De Santos kind of thing right. when he wants to play, he's motivated Pavone. So, so we don't know what's going on with Costa Pavone. There's a lot of interest that in, the galaxy had that market to themselves for a long time. And now there's a lot of Mexican teams in on Pavone, the markets going up you, you can expect Boca Juniors is going to play that uh, play there, there, against there, one another. There
2: was a rumor today, by the way, that somebody sent to me that said Cruz Azul was interested in Christian Pavone for $1.5 million. And I said, if it's $1.5 million, the LA Galaxy are interested for, in Christian
0: Pavone for $1. Yeah.
2: $1. $1.5 million. So, I don't believe well, that, that. that.
0: That rumor is going back and forth. I heard Cruz Azul now is kind of out of the, and Club America was involved for a while. Boca Juniors are going to play these teams against each other. They have until June when, when his contract expires. He becomes a free agent. I asked Greg about that. You know, would you wait until June if the right player is not available until June? And he said, no, he expects to have somebody in, in the next couple of weeks. He said he, he hopes to have a name and a face for fans, uh, to know who's coming in. He said they expect at least one game changing, uh, type player that they're going to add. Uh, and, uh, I think Greg's feeling a little bit of pressure. I I think he really does want to get this done. Before the start of the season, and and this is where you and I sort of come together. You know, you were saying that the Galaxy there's a lot of a lot of criticism right now. They haven't done anything. Yes, that's true. I'm going to give them some time. If they open the season next month with this roster, then uh, th- that's been just the worst off season of all time because they there are obvious holes and they knew those holes were going to be created, and they in six months they were unable to fill those. Yeah.
2: Um. By the way, on on Pavone, they can't really wait till June, right? Because the transfer window closed. Um, so they basically have to sell them now or they don't get to sell them because then there isn't a transfer window that opens. So uh, uh, they're, they're SOL. So they have to do it now. Um, and so that's, that's one of the driving forces. And so listen, I expect it's going to be a final day of the transfer window type thing for Pavone and whether or not the galaxy are there or not. Um, and, and people are asking, you know, why we haven't heard from Greg Vanny and that type of thing. Um, but you did get to talk to him. So you did have a, a conversation with him last week, I think on Thursday, right? You talked with him on Thursday. Yes.
1: Um, And
0: he talked a little bit about the front office too. the front. There's some reconfiguration going on in the front office. They're not ready to formally announce it yet, but, but basically what Greg wants to do and and some of this makes sense. And some of it is is interesting. His belief, I think it's similar to to, to Bruce arena's. He is the manager on the field. So he wants the ability to go to the front office, to scouting to whomever uh, he needs to go to and say, this is the kind of player I want. Maybe even give them some names. This is the player I want. You know, in other teams, the general manager says, this guy became available, we're going to go get him. And the manager says, that doesn't fit into what I want to do. You hear those stories all the time, and it just doesn't work. Greg wants the ability uh, as sort of the sporting director, which he was in Toronto, and the manager to be able to say, this is what I want, this is how I want to play, go get these players. He says he doesn't get involved in scouting until the very end. Then they come to him with a list of players. Here's who we're looking at, what do you think? Here's how much we can offer, what do you think? Um, One of the things he wants to do is get everything in the player development uh, academy um uh, galaxy two he wants everything to be in a linear fashion so that you start in the academy and you go straight through in a straight line you know through galaxy two through player development into the first team that it's a straight line that everyone is on the same page and he said for him that means player development that means the academy that means the youth teams that means uh the the physiologist everybody is on the same page Um, And and he said it's taken him a while to sort of get that together. They have to hire some personnel. We know Mike Munoz is coming in. I think he's going to be the academy director. There'll be a new G2 coach. All those kind of things. He wants every, he doesn't want it to be the, well, this is how we did things at Galaxy 2. And now we have to relearn when we go to the first team. Everything is in a linear fashion. Yeah. Which
2: I I think was one of the things that Dennis tried to do as well whenever he was here. So, I mean, it's, it's picking up, you know, sort of where that is. Can I tell you, though, it just, it makes me scratch my head whenever they said, oh, we're still trying to figure out what the, uh, what the, what the front office looks like in terms of pecking. I mean, This is not rocket science in terms of if you knew that Dennis DeCloso was leaving and then you knew you weren't hiring a general manager to come in and just straight up replace him in that, then you know that the GM roles are going to have to be filled by people. And by now, which is, you know, basically months from whenever they knew that Dennis DeCloso was leaving, you better have an understanding of what everybody's roles are. And while and by the way, I don't believe that they don't know that. Right. But you trying to come out and say that that we don't always working on the structure of that. There's three guys who are in charge of things up top. It's Greg Vanny. It's Chris Klein. It's Jovan Karofsky. And they're going to split and do the sign. You know, the different responsibilities between that. This is not hard. I don't understand why people, why there hasn't been a, I, I can, I know why I feel why there hasn't been an announcement of why it is, is because there is very negative connotations with Chris Klein and Jovan Karofsky having any part in player picking, player development, and they got some separation from that whenever Dennis DeCloso was there. Um, maybe maybe Dennis was a human shield for a while there, Kevin, but that shield is gone now. Um, and well, so- he,
0: I was gonna say, Here's another theory. By the way, if you look at my LA Times newsletter, soccer newsletters will be up online tomorrow at 6 a.m. It goes uh, pretty deep into what the Galaxy Office had been about and, and a lot of quotes from Greg in there. Uh, there, there's two things. One is that we know the galaxy have had six months to figure out these players, who they want, who they're going to go after, who they're going to sign, um, to be available to get Acosta and Rusnik and, and Sanchez, which they didn't do. Um, they had almost as much time to read Jigger, their front office. Yes. Dennis didn't actually physically leave until November. I mean, he, actually, he just got on the plane to Holland this weekend, Right. but, uh, you know, the, the, the two sides did not decide that they were going to separate until, I think, late November. But, the, you know, the, I think the galaxy should have been wise enough to, to, to know that that was probably going to happen. We know that there's been a lot of dysfunction in the front office. So my theory is going to be that even though they had six months, they squandered all this by not being able to decide what they wanted to do. One of the things that we've learned from other people that have worked in this front office is the dysfunction is <clears throat> not being able to make a decision the the buck stops with nobody. It's a circular firing squad. It, it, you know, people go around and and just discuss things and never make a decision. So I can definitely see, hey, should we after us, Nick? I don't know. what about Sanchez? Well, should we talk to Acosta and then none of it gets done. right. Well, let's let's reorganize the front office. Should we do it this way? Yeah, that sounds good. Why don't you give me a memo on that? Let's talk about that next week and none of that gets done. I think that's one of the problems is there's there's just not a whole lot of urgency in that front office to get some things done. I mean, that's kind of my take of it, and that, that would be one ex- explanation. Now, I do know the front office thing, the realignment has taken place. When it was finished and why they haven't announced it yet, I don't know. Perhaps it's not finished. Perhaps you're not confident with it.
2: I, I mean, unless they're going to come out suddenly and say, oh, we're going to have a GM. We're going to go fi- find somebody to be a general manager in this. I mean, I just... I don't know what it is. Uh, By the way, five dollars super chat from uh, Raphael Pat- Pato and Panda. Thanks for the weekly Galaxy fix. By the way, I would like to point out. I think this is like show number like three or four hundred in terms of Corner of the Galaxy from the box side, and you've been on the majority of those. So I would just like. I this- have. Yeah, you have. um, wow. I know. I'm surprised too.
0: Yeah. Me too. Um, but when I still you- haven't figured out how to do this yet, I don't know the mute button or anything. No, yeah, I know.
2: It's a. I was so proud of him before we started because he used the mute button. I was like, Oh my God, he's learning. I am teaching him something, and then it all went sideways immediately so you know that's what i I'm should get. do
0: it with some of those, you know those flags yeah
2: um the the semi for the semi sem, semi is that what it is yeah yeah
0: that's i think that's the flags thing morse
2: code yeah yeah morse code yeah sure um i'm just
0: waiting for this whole internet thing to blow over it's just a fad.
2: i know it'll it'll eventually go away um but no i mean you know going going back to this it just i i can't and and the bottom line is that they have absolutely no goodwill. They have done nothing to sort of earn any of that goodwill in recent times. Um, I think Greg Vanny is going to get colored with a lot of the dysfunction of, you know, already what we've seen since 2017. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. they I, I think they want me to be positive, but I can't even be positive whenever I look at the LA Galaxy and I see that, like, you know, they're... The start of preseason should be something that is shouted from the rooftops, and I'm sure it will be kicked up a notch on Tuesday. And so that's fine, and that's where it's supposed to be. And then on Thursday, we're finally—let's just remember, though, Kevin, Thursday will be possibly our first media availability. That's what we're hearing right now. That could change. It could be Wednesday. It could be Friday, How you know, however it ends up being. Um, it'll go. So we'll get a chance to talk to Greg Vanny. Um, maybe somebody else depending on who they, they do, but we have not heard from them since our post game press conference of the last game of the season where they got knocked out.
0: Right. There was no off season stuff at all. There was no availability. There was no, usually there's a sort of when they close the locker room for the last time players talk about, you know, how they're feeling, where they're going, what they're going to do personally, professionally, whatever, nothing. I I just, it's just, anyway, so we're
2: going to get that. We're going to, we're going to get some of that where it's back, but um, I've been watching the sort of the temperament on social media and I'm on there all the time and certainly on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. Um, Galaxy fans are, are fed up and you can see it. Um, They're
0: anxious for sure. Yeah. They
2: want something. And listen, I'm not somebody who's out here going to say make signings for signing sake right? Don't just make signings just to make fans happy. The last thing you should really be doing is listening to fans in terms of who you should sign and when you should what, sign well, them, right?
0: What, what, one of the points I make in the newsletter is there's a difference between getting the right player and getting the player that's available right now. And the, and that's what Greg Vanny has to fight. Do I, do I sign a player to stop the fans from screaming or do I wait and take a chance on getting the player I really want?
2: Do you know who a panic buy was? Jonathan Dos Santos was a panic buy right it was a it remember that was under uh, Anolfo right and Anolfo had a poor start to the season because they gave him a, a a lot of a G2 team um and he goes out there and he struggles as you would expect uh and then he's like anything give me anything This sort of help this and so you got Jonathan Dos Santos um right after uh Kurt was fired i believe too it was like yeah, a couple well, days I, after i
0: also think Jonathan was also to be the Jonah babysitter think We have this great, talented player that doesn't really give a crap. What can we do? We can't get rid of him. He's too expensive. Let's bring his brother in and see if that'll help. And didn't really work.
2: Uh, Let's see. Uh, Brandon, by the way, gave us a $10 super chat. Thank you for that, Brandon. Uh, Brandon says, we talk about bringing in creative players. I know we were bad at creating chances, but our defense was arguably worse. Will that be fixed through more familiarity or possession? I feel uh, Ravellison needs a partner. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest weaknesses of the defense has been the spine. Um, And when you have guys who don't necessarily play that position with Jonathan Dos Santos having a very poor year, Uh, last year and being part of that spine, I I think that hurts. You know, you had guys like Saldana at the beginning of the year, by the way, when the galaxy were winning Saldana and Harvey playing in some of those positions, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, when Revelison comes in, he, he plays it. But, um, yes, absolutely. I'll I'll tell you this. Everybody who's like, we need more center backs. We need more defenders. I will say pump the brakes on that. You have had a merry-go-round of defenders. All right. They're not all horrible. Uh, they haven't been horrible, but it's not just one guy. You can't bring in a guy and he's going to fix a defense that is part of a system that isn't working. So let that system develop under these guys. Now, I think Vanny has a huge, huge task in trying to figure out who the second center back is, because I'm not convinced of Sega Koulibaly and I'm not convinced of Nick Depew right now. Um, but if I'm going to start somebody right now, it's going to be Depew next to Williams. Um, and Sega can back that up and, and however you're doing, but also, you know, we know Leardam also can play as a center back as well. So are you going to move him in? Maybe that's a solution that, that sort of comes in there as well. There's solutions there, but stop the rotation. And, and by the way, stop the rotation of coaches too. I mean, let Greg Vanny have some time to develop something because, um, it just, it, 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 no, it, it it doesn't make sense to me.
0: You bring up an interesting point, which goes back to the other point of they haven't used the resources they have yet to bring in someone to to help. Okay, so if you say we have three center backs, and there's questions about two of them, Derek Williams is a starter. The other two we're not sure of. You had another center back, which I know I'm very bullish on him. I'm you know, I'm right? biased
2: in this, and I I think I think I have been for a while. But I I love domestic center backs, and I love uh, I think Romney and Steris should have been the center backs for the LA Galaxy for a while. Well, but you know that's where me. I was
0: where i was going if if you are unsure about the other two center backs you had dan steris who for whatever faults you attribute to him he was solid he was a guy you knew what you were going to get i think with dupuy and and koulibaly it's it's either really good or really bad so you had steris but you decided he was expendable i think expendable because they wanted the four hundred thousand dollars i think was it four hundred thousand he's due next season was it 293 or 393 i think 293 I'll okay go, I'll so look. Oh look so so they get rid of Dan Stairs, trade him for a draft pick, which they didn't even use in the draft. Um 393,
2: 393,
0: clearly w- Okay. so four hundred thousand. So they wanted to get rid of his they, they traded him to get rid of that salary. Okay, fine. That's fine. You that means they cleared four hundred thousand dollars from the cap because they wanted to sign somebody. Who Leardam's not using that money? No, Edwards is not using that money. No. Clearly, no. they were gonna sign somebody. And you gave up a, a, a center back, which now we're deciding, you know what? That might have been a good thing to hang on to.
2: Well, I mean, it, sign
0: it, somebody and show us.
2: It, it, I mean, that is one of the things I would also say that with for and Jalen Neal also in the in the background there that you have plenty of center backs. So maybe it's going to be one of the those younger guys kids. are
0: not going to be impact players in the MLS level you this don't,
2: year. You, you don't know. I mean, I could see Jalen Neal making a huge step forward this year. I, he's, I'm I'm bullish on him right now, Um. by the way. Um, I would just like to stop and, uh, and give a shout out Herb, uh, with a $50, uh, super chat. Wow. Yeah, I know Herb Herb. So you, you've you heard about our memorial plaque. Uh, we're going to have a Herb, uh, memorial plaque for the chat room. Um, he's alive, but we call it the memorial chat plaque anyway. Uh, he says, happy new year, Josh, and Mr. Baxter. Here's $45 in general allocation money and $5 oh. in targeted allocation money to go towards those technical difficulties. Herb memorial hashtag. <laughs> so he knows. Um, so Herb, thanks buddy. Happy new year. We appreciate thanks, that. Thanks Herb,
0: but you can give me all the money in the world and I'm still not going to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: going to say so. Um, but no, I mean, you look at that, hey, listen there, you look at this roster and in terms of a starting roster, I can figure out something to work right now. It's not ideal. What you want is a difference maker, a name, uh, I'm thinking still as a, as, a, as a central attacking midfielder. I think you need something there. I think if you give Ravellison the six, and people are going to argue every time I say Ravellison's a six, he is a six. He's played a six his whole life. He wears the number six. He's a six. Now, it doesn't mean that a six can't be box to box sometimes, like an eight, but realistically, he has a guy who had filled in at center back and a bunch of things. He's going to be a six. Does that mean that you can't go and get another defensive midfielder put beside him, Kevin? You absolutely can. Which turns both of those guys into more eights box to box and flip flopping. Uh, there's a pivot there, a double pivot, if you will. And people freak out because then they're like, oh, no, it's the bucket. No, it's not the bucket, just double pivot. Juninho and Marcelo Sarvis filled those roles very well. Sarvis was a little more offensive, Juninho a little more defensive. So they covered well, but both of those guys played both of those positions. So you could do that with Revelison. Get somebody in the center of the field. The LA Galaxy.
0: I think Revelison may wind up playing more than you think at center back. I, For some of the reasons that we just discussed, I mean, you can, but then you're going to have to find yourself
2: a DM who's going to be your defensive right, mid. But right. you went out and got yeah. Ravellison to be a DM. I know.
0: Right. But, but but then there's the shortage of center back. I'm just, there's I'm not just a saying, shortage.
2: There is not a shortage of center backs. Don't say it. There's not. There's like four plus Williams. There's five plus Williams. Okay. They have plenty of people. Just set them up together and let them play. This It's time. I'm done with this rotational thing. All right. It doesn't. You you got to stop with this. That defense is a system issue. Defense is usually not an individual issue. Now people will point out, oh yeah, what about Jorgen Jorgen Selvick? Yes, absolutely, Jorgen Shelvick. Guess what? You put Jorgen Shelvik in a better system, and Jorgen Shelvik's a better player too. Um, so I'll look at all those things. But the bottom line is that if you wanted to go get somebody like Rusnak, you're AEG, right? As far as if as far as I remember, Kevin, they're t- one of the top ten most r- most richest. Uh, owners of football teams in the world. They could have easily played Albert Rusnak as much money as he wanted as a designated player. You can go out and get any player in the world. AEG is capable of getting any player in the world. Maybe that's unrealistic to say that for MLS, but they can afford any player in the world. Kevin, it doesn't matter who it is, what age they are, where they're at. They can afford them.
0: Well, and you make a really good point because the signing in Toronto, uh, in set insignia, and see, I almost got that one Insigne. right. I came yeah. close. Uh-huh. Yeah, I came really close. Um, you know, sixty million dollars, four years, fifteen million each. Uh, fifty million each. I know there's stuff with taxes and all that, but basically, they're writing the check for sixty million dollars to this guy for four years. Okay, that ups the ante. That's double what the Galaxy paid Zlatan. The mm-hmm. Galaxy want to be a big, ambitious club. They are a big, ambitious club. They're what, the most successful club. Well, they were. I mean, okay, their history is they've been the most successful club in MLS history. As you mentioned, one of the richest owners, deepest pockets. They brought Beckham in. They brought Keenan. This is a team now that all of a sudden people are looking at, oh, well, Toronto is really, you know, the the, the 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 most ambitious team in MLS. And we see things Seattle has done. We've Cincinnati hasn't matched it on the field, but they've spent money. Atlanta, the Galaxy got to catch up. The Galaxy love that prestige. They love the fact that people all over the world recognize the LA galaxy. Well, guess what? You know, they're going to be sporting Kansas city in a couple of years if they let all these other teams go and they don't answer that. And, and, and that could be figuring into this signing too. I don't know how much pressure Vanny is getting on that. Vanny doesn't seem to be one of those guys that worries about, um, you know, prestige and, and, and reputation, but, they need to make a big signing. He did talk about a name, though. He gets it. I mean, listen, I, and I will die on this
2: hill until it's proven wrong. I will die on this hill in order for the LA Galaxy to be successful. They have to have big names and success. You have Chicharito because of their market,
0: because, because of their, their market,
2: market, right? They they have Chicharito. They need another big name that sort of can go with them. Then they need to win. And if you do those things, the seats will fill up. People will show up and you will have a good team. But you need both. Zlatan showed up his second year. The attendance was lower than his first year because the LA Galaxy weren't good. Um, you know, you can look at, at, at all the stuff that happened with Beckham eventually where it was, you know, Hey, people got tired of David Beckham playing and they wanted to see winning and they got winning with David Beckham, with Landon Donovan, with Robbie Keene. Those were the stars. We have to go back a very long time to get to where the LA galaxy were an ambitious team. It should say something about this club right now that the most ambitious rumor that we saw of them, the one that makes the most LA Galaxy worldwide sense is Teji Savanier at Montpellier, right? Because he is one of the top level central midfielders in France, but the LA Galaxy apparently not interested in him or have never been interested in him. But if you're saying, what are the LA Galaxy doing to sort of respond to these things? That would have been, he's a name in football. All right. He's a pure talent as well you're talking about uh, one of the guys in one of the better leagues listen uh, league league is is not the best we know um it's top heavy um but he's good enough to play in that league and he was I think he was almost player of the month last last month so he can play that was the most ambitious rumor that we have seen the LA Galaxy link to since basically probably Zlatan, maybe? Pavone is pretty ambitious, but only in certain
0: ways, right? Well, well here here's another theory that dovetails really nicely with what you just talked about. When did the Galaxy... The last time the Galaxy played an MLS Cup final was 2014, mm-hmm. right? 2015, they signed Geo. Yes. Then they signed Gerard. after that. Uh-huh. Everyone talks about, or at least we talk about, you know, the Galaxy went south when Bruce left. Well, if you go back and look at that, the Galaxy started kind of going south as far. I mean, yes, they made the playoffs in 2016, and they made the playoffs in 2015. But as far as you said, they need big names and they need to be successful both. Okay, so they bring in Geo, they bring in Gerard, Big names they are not successful. I had a lot of talks with Bruce about this over the years. He did not want... Geo. That was the front office wanted Geo because they wanted to make inroads with the uh, uh, Hispanic market in LA and elsewhere. They wanted him to do a lot of media and stuff. That really didn't work out, but that's why Geo came in. He, it, you talk about Vanny wanting to put the team that he wants on the field to put together the team that fits together. Bruce didn't have veto power over Geo. He didn't have veto power over Gerard either. It's interesting during those times I travel with the Galaxy on the road with both those players, and the front office loved to talk about look how many shirts gerard shirts there are in the stands look how many geo shirts there are in the stands we sell out on the road we sell out at home the the comeback to that would be yeah but you don't win mls cups with these guys and so i kind of think what you're talking about yeah they want big names but they have to fit in the system they have to be players that are going to be successful in the field i think the galaxy are past the days of we have the the big name players have to be the winning team now. MLS is a little bit in a different situation. I
2: I will tell you right now, you have no proof that that works in Los Angeles. Zero proof that that works in Los Angeles right that what works that if you just get a team that wins that it will be successful in la that is not no no you have to do both yes you have you to, have do, to both. do both okay yes but so you do need a big name player you need somebody who moves the needle you but need he to-
0: has to be but he has to be successful exactly just bringing in a guy like gerard who or even who zlatan is
2: uninterested look look at zlatan kevin he was super successful did the, did the galaxy capitalize on that no they didn't win anything what happened in his second year the attendance went down I mean, it's, it's so, it's so obvious to me. And I, and I see people saying, just get a team that wins. That's great. And I think for galaxy fans, the diehards who are on our show right now and who pay attention to us on a regular basis, we know which way you guys lean, which is just win. I don't care who's on the team, just win. I get it. But if you want the stands full, if you want to ripple and make waves in Los Angeles, you need that cachet. The galaxy don't have that cachet right now. And and they've been seeding that.
0: Garth Langway in Seattle is very interesting. They sell sell 40,000 tickets every game, right? They are successful at the box office. They are successful on the field. Never missed the playoffs in their entire team history. He said it's a different model in Seattle, and I would guess in most of the MLS markets. It said our – our fans don't want the biggest name player. They want the best player. They want to win, and if they win, we will adopt. Our fans will adopt Ladero. Our fans will—well, they knew Jordan Morris, but we'll adopt down. We'll adopt these guys, Rui Diaz. Who knew overall Rui Diaz before right. he came in here? Now he's a superstar. The fans saw how good he was, and they adopted him. I, I think kind of in Atlanta, he had the same thing. I mean, Al Marone's a great player, but I don't think he was widely known. He certainly wasn't a, a, a Beckham when he came in. You're right. Ellie is a little bit different because the Galaxy play at the same time that LeBron's playing up the street and and Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw, and Mike Trout, the Galaxy have to have a big name to draw that attention. They got Carlos Vela 11 miles away. I mean, you can talk about Vela all you want, but he's a recognizable name. It's kind of a, a bigger name than, um, you know, Kelvin Leardam.
2: Yeah, it is. And listen, the Galaxy have Chicharito, right? And if the Galaxy were a winning team, there would be a lot more hype around Chicharito too um and by the way chicharito had one of the most successful years out of any la galaxy player and last he year.
0: looked he looked really good from the video i saw today he,
2: Training. yeah so um let's get a little bit back to that i know we went sideways but you know what this was always a show that was light on actual uh we had news. no clue what we, yeah, we were gonna talk, gonna talk gonna about we we're
0: just we we're just winging it folks
2: um the galaxy did show some videos of training today um the biggest uh, things were uh beep tests showing so there were some beep test stuff uh if you guys don't know what the do you, does everybody know what the beep test is kevin do you do you know what the beep test is? You know it has something test. to
0: do with beepers, right? Yeah, like it's from the, a, a pre-cell phone era. Yeah,
2: test. yeah. The galaxy get out there, they page everybody with one four three, um, and you and, have to run back and you have and to
0: get and answer the message.
2: And you have to shout. You have to shout. Uh, I love you too. Um, so one four three two. By the way, just in case you were weren't a pager person back in the day. I my in, in high school, uh, my girlfriend had a pager, and so I would one four three. Which is "I love you," and then it was like one, four, three, two. "I love you too." So there you go. Uh-huh. That's. I thought
0: that was a new formation. Oh, it's so stupid.
2: Um, the anyway, four, three, there's there's things I'm embarrassed about, and somehow I still say them on the show on a regular basis. Anyway, maybe
0: that's the formation for the Galaxy with one, one. defender because they only got one good one. Julian back there by himself.
2: There we go. I love it. That's 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 exactly what it should be. So, um, but yeah, the beep test basically is that, and I forget what the distance is, um, but you have to run a distance. So basically, everybody starts on one side. I think it's like 20 yards or something like that. Maybe it's only 15 yards. But um, they basically say um, they they give it there's a loud audible beep and the beep goes and then everybody runs and you have to make it to the other side before the first, the second beep goes off. Right? So it goes beep. Everybody runs. uh, You have to get to the other side and then you get to that other side and run back. So you have to beat the beeps the whole time. The problem is that that duration, that interval gets shorter and shorter and shorter every single time. And there's two legs to all of those runs, which is out and back. So if you sprint out Kevin and try in order to try to beat the beat, then as you're coming back, you might not have as much energy. So it's all about this like weird strategy thing, but it is an endurance test. Now, um, there's certainly some arguments whether or not it shows the best athletes or anything else in that. I'll just tell you this. If you end up beating the beep test, which basically you get all the intervals and I forget what the short intervals are. Remember, these go on top of each other. If you don't make it back on, if you don't make it before one of the beeps, you're out, right? And they write down when you when you went out and the whole deal. And so these guys are out there running the beep test and they usually do it every preseason. And it's just a measurement tool to sort of see where you're at um, and where you're going. So, Wouldn't
0: it be better for you to miss... The beep on the very first time, and then you could just sit out the rest of the practice session.
2: You know, these are professional athletes. I have to feel that there's probably some 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 guys who actually like to compete on all this stuff, right? I mean,
0: but the, you you tell that whole story to explain to people why Juno Rajo looks like he's jogging, but it's actually the first leg of the beep test, and he's conserving energy. That's what it's that's that was that whole a soliloquy was all about folks. I,
2: I I understand. Um, so, so, but they do the beep test. So there's always the quote unquote winners. If you beat the beep test or you last the longest, then you are the winners of the beep test, the winners of the beep test. Now, if I remember correctly, last year, Chicharito won the beep test. Uh, he was one of the winners, uh, in this year's beep test. So Chicharito coming in, uh, looks like firing on all cylinders again, probably ready to pick up where he left off, hopefully in better shape in terms of uh, staying healthy this year, because if he would have stayed healthy, he probably would have won a golden boot last year. Uh, and the galaxy make the playoffs if he would have stayed healthy as well. Um, so you see that, but the surprise, maybe not the surprise. It was our guest on Thursday, uh, Farai Mutatu also tied with Chicha. So you got Chicha out there, the veteran, and you got the rookie coming out of college out of Michigan state, fresh off the airplane gets in there and just shows all of those other soccer players. I, I said it. On you, f- you
0: already said he's better than Charlie Rugg.
2: I did not. I refuse to acknowledge that because I refuse to, to, to jinx anybody. I will not list Farai and Charlie Rugg in the same sentence. That's not going to happen. Um, I'm just telling you, there's something about this kid that already is. Uh, and I was talking to Damian Calhoun um, about this a little bit because he talked to Fry after the draft and wrote an article on it. And um, I read that article whenever I was getting ready to talk to Fry for our interview. And uh, and he goes, man, he, he goes, he's a great kid. You're going to love talking to him. And I and after I'm done, I'm like, you know, there's something about that kid. It's almost like you don't want to count him out. We said it's very difficult seeing him make the first team. Right. He's an international spot player. Um, so he would take up an international slot. There's that's that's a hurdle that he would have to clear. The LA Galaxy would probably have to go out and buy a slot. We would imagine with Victor Vasquez who um, is coming back and with um, uh, with one DP open, which you would imagine they're going to use on an international player. Then or on a TAM player. One of those is going to be a target. Is going to be an international slot. So it would be difficult for him to do it. But having said that. There's something about him that makes me not want to count him out of making this first team. He has a determination in just the small amount of time that I've been able to talk to him and know him. I just it's almost one of those guys, Kevin, you can't count out like you would sit there and say, oh, well, he can't every time an obstacle has been put in this kid's way. He's just gone right through it and right over it. So if you're going to tell me that there's an obstacle to him making the first team, I'm going to be like, nope, he's going to make it somehow some way he's going to figure out a way to do it.
0: He's got the it factor. No, is he, his family's from Ghana? Uh,
2: Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe okay. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't seen his parents since, um, I think maybe since he's been, I, that's not true. He hasn't seen his parents for, for a very long time, but I know that it was the first time he talked to his parents for very, uh, in a long time, whenever, uh, they announced him as a draft pick. So, um, there was a, there was a lot of, uh, interesting things, but uh, just telling you he wins the beep test on the first day out. I don't imagine that this is the last you're going to hear about Fry Mutatu. I have the feeling that we're going to hear a lot about him in this preseason. Maybe it's because there won't be any other signings to talk about Kevin. Maybe it'll That's be right. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be one of the reasons, but I just, I, I can't tell you that, um, that it, it's, it's just, uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes but that's that's yeah that's
0: what yeah I mean, maybe on yeah. thursday greg Vanny brings him in and said we signed this african guy he's gonna be really good and <laughs> here's our big name by the way chicharito again I, I saw some video of him i think he went to miami for a, a time this winter mm-hmm. and he just looks really in shape and he looks really motivated.
2: Yeah, he was doing a, an interval test where basically um, the Galaxy posted videos of this as well, where the the there's a center mark and then there's a marks 10 yards on either side. And there's um, there's testing eyes that sort of can tell you how fast you do it. And so it counts how fast you go through each leg and you go from the left side and then all the way back over the right side and then back to the middle again um, in order to test it out. So he looked like, uh, again, he's quick. He looks like he's in shape. We didn't see the uh, revenge body pop uh like he did last uh last summer or last off season yeah, yeah. but uh i feel like he's still very much in revenge body form um so we'll see
0: well, it, he's wearing the vest i guess he just came off like a construction crew and <laughs> so he just got to practice just in time oh yeah to get um, that test done no 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 they, they all not the sports know I, I would like to hear that i would like to hear the philosophy behind these tests and what they purport to measure because a lot of the stuff even in football you know they did the football 40 how many times is a lineman going to run 40 yards and, and you're going to really care about how fast he goes? Um, it does it really reflect things that you do in the game and things that you need you know to, to do. I can kind of see that that test that Chicharito did. I'm not so sure about the beep test, but that that test that Chicharito did, I can kind of see that sort of scrambling movement. But how many times are you going to do that in a game? I mean,
2: so the one where Chicharito was just like running between the eyes and stuff like that—the the timing eyes—that's uh, quick movements, start stops. It's about acceleration. It's about reaching top speed in a quick. So there's a lot of things that probably for him he does on a regular basis that you could say that sort of equates to things. But you're right. There's always these uh, this monitoring, especially now. I mean, if you ever see the guys with the with, the, and I'll call them sports bras, they are they're sports bras, and a lot of times they have a GPS tracker um, on the back that sort of goes like right in the. It's not the small of the back, but the, at the top of the back, the base of the neck. Um, in that area, and they put these little GPS trackers. They look like almost you like can a- also
0: get those GPS trackers if you get the vaccine.
2: <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> and, and really good 5G. Um, But he, for Chicharito or, or any of these guys, they get these like they're about a pack of cigarettes sort of in in size and stuff. And it, it's sick. It sits in there. Um, And then they can track their movements during uh, training. So they know how many miles they ran during training. They know what top speeds are, that type of thing. They also do a lot of evaluation after games and sort of in recoveries. And they can tell, I guess, quote unquote, tell how much a player has recovered, whether or not a player, you know, the day after a game needs to do some really light training because they're exhausted or whether they need a day off or those types of things just by doing some of these tests and running these things. And they try to sort of... uh, Ah, uh, figure out recovery times on all this. So there's well, a lot of data that gets
0: generated from this stuff, and some of that stuff. I I had a chance to go to Liverpool training ground a couple of years ago, and I was talking to one of their um, physios there. They measure all that stuff, and then they they plug it into a, a database, and they decide how much they, they they use that to determine a player's diet. You right. know what he needs. This guy needs more carbohydrates. This guy needs more protein. The actual the diet they give a goalkeeper is completely different because the goalkeeper doesn't move that much. It's just they, they've broken it down by position. Defenders need so much of this. Forwards need so much of this. It, I mean, it's 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 really amazing. But anyone out there who's a weekend warrior and, you know, you go out and run the local 5K or 10K or maybe you just jog and then you run, Think about this. Most of those players or many of those players are running the 10K every game. So 90-minute 10K. I know that doesn't sound fast, but look at all the starting and stopping. They're essentially sprinting uh, in interval f- fashion, 10 yeah. kilometers with a ball at their foot. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, it, you gotta be pretty fit to do that.
2: Yeah, y- you do. And, and by the way, Kevin, I, I mean, I, I hesitate to say this, but you were a rather elite distance runner and, you know, in, in, I, can I say elite? Because I, I don't think we've yeah, ever w- really like dug into this.
0: Yes. Olympic trial hopeful in 1994 in and mar- 1984 in the marathon. See, I mean, you would never guess it now. It was the fastest panda on two feet. <laughs>
2: the guy who <laughs> broke both of his ankles or both of his feet?
0: <laughs> both of his feet, yeah. Not too long ago? It was.
2: You broke the first one running, so, you know, hey, that happens. I understand. That happened. yeah. So, uh, very good. But, uh, yeah, so so just uh, interesting stuff to see all of it. They they did put out some videos of that, so Chicha running, those types of things. Uh, the beep test winner, just a, just a, just an interesting thing. It means nothing, but um, it's fun to sort of see that stuff uh, come about. I,
0: I, I guess that's where I, that's where I go to the 10k actually since you brought it up i'll go to the running background thing a little bit i mean i would run 140 miles a week training to run 10k in college and it was you know distance running some of it was pretty fast paced there was intervals and stuff but i was training to run a 10k and i didn't do a beep test and i didn't do any of that stuff these guys are running 10ks that's a much faster pace obviously because it's broken down into sprints but uh, you know I, I how much distance running do those guys do how much uh, do they actually build up a, a aerobic base to be able to do that or do uh, do they look at it more as their sprinters that just happen to sprint a lot
2: yeah they're i mean they're 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 sprinters but they have they have that endurance piece rarely though do you see guys go out there and run like 5k's they're not like out there running around uh dignity health sports park they do running on the field but a lot of times it feels like that fitness space is built with drills and then with training and and games and that type of stuff so it's uh it's it's super interesting whenever you get into that
0: you know the referees have to do that too they have two tests they have to do i think it's a 40 yard sprint and they have to have a time and then they do an interval i'm not sure how long it's more than a mile where they have to sprint i think 75 yards and then they get a short walk and they have to sprint again i mean think about the referees they're like the players they run a 10k too only they don't they have to go up and down both fields i mean you may see a defender right the, you may see a, a an outside back push up and then maybe he doesn't have to rush back someone fills that gap in, and he gets to, a breather the referee doesn't get to do that they're going the whole time
2: it's uh it's an interesting one. Uh, let's go to uh, AEG uh, and misbehaving because I want to get through this. We got about ten minutes left in the show, so I want to touch on this. Before we get as going.
0: much time as we need. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't think we need more than an okay. hour uh, on this Monday um, with relatively uh, light news. Let's put it that way. Um, so over the weekend, I started seeing this stuff where um, AEG Worldwide had put out a tweet. Uh, basically, and this is the, obviously the parent company and the parent Twitter of the LA Galaxy, how it goes. And basically, it said, no place like home, six weeks to LA Galaxy, home opener, see you soon, Vamos Galaxy. And it was a picture of Victoria Block, and it was a picture of the Gal- Galaxians, and it was a picture from basically the American Express Club looking towards the the north side of that, uh, the, the field there um, with LA and the Victoria Block in there. And so, um, you know, again, just hyping up the season a little bit, and it's like, okay, you know, here it comes. And by By the way, if you're playing the home game, Just 41 days until the LA Galaxy will face off against New York City FC. So that is rapidly approaching uh, whenever you think that six weeks is is a very short amount of time as well. So having said all that, uh, AEG put out this tweet. Well, people responded to it. And obviously, some people were like, can't wait. Some people were like, this season has... And I was reading some responses. This season gives me absolutely nothing to be excited about. And I'm not excited about going back to the stadium because there has been no moves. The team hasn't gotten better. I'm paraphrasing a bunch of people on this and the whole deal. But one of the things... that has been prevalent on social media since the end of the season, actually since most of the the mid, you know, since most of that season last uh, last year, especially once the halfway point hit and the LA Galaxy stopped winning, was people's displeasure with Chris Klein. We've talked about it on this podcast many times. "Cline uh, out" hashtag is all over the place. If you're looking at uh, LA Galaxy social media, is it a vocal minority? Probably, but I'm not saying the sentiment isn't shared widely, and there aren't other people who aren't aren't saying that. So um, I get it. Well, apparently AEG didn't like that, or the person who was running the AEG Worldwide Twitter didn't like that. So uh, for a while there, people who were tweeting "Cline uh, out" with the hashtag "Cline out" were getting blocked. Kevin. Um, and there were multiple screenshots. I mean, it could be as few as like three people and it could be as many as maybe 10 people. But at the same time, I went back cause I was like, well, surely people said something they shouldn't have said. Right. And then that's what it's profanity. Like somebody swore and this person who was running the AG Twitter account was like, oh, no, I'm not going to handle profanity and I'm going to do it. You listen, you have your lines you draw for any brand. I understand it. And as a brand, they're able to block whoever they want and they're able to fill their timeline up with whoever they want. But ultimately, this is a brand, a multi-billion dollar brand that is out there Blocking LA galaxy fans for protesting. I think in a perfectly reasonable way, there was, I didn't see any profanity. Maybe there was profanity after they got blocked. Maybe there's some other things in there, but AEG is out there blocking people. Then it didn't just stop at that. Uh, maybe they got some heat from actually blocking people because then there were replies. And Kevin, whenever you put out a tweet, you can say who you can hide replies if you don't like what they say. And so AEG actually hid some of the Klein out replies um, that that people were posting to this thing. So again, um, you have a parent company, a multi-billion dollar company that's worldwide, that's going out here, that apparently doesn't want to hear from LA Galaxy fans if they don't agree with what is going on. And for me, um, it, it it borders on the ridiculous whenever I see something like that.
0: Well, yeah, a number of things. I mean, imagine if the Galaxy ran uh, the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys or the Boston Red Sox. I mean, this is beyond tame uh, by the standards of those teams. Or an English Premier League club, holy cow. Um, it, it, it's tame by those standards. The other thing is, is I think as an a, a, an outfit, the, the Galaxy tell me when I talk to them, um, Dan Beckham and Chris Klein, whatever, we want to win. Winning's the most important thing. We're competitive. We want to win. Well, the fans do too. And the fans are impatient. This is the longest drought uh, uh, without going to MLS Cup in franchise history. This is not. We're not talking about you know the Chicago Fire, where you know just rolling the ball out is enough. Sometimes we just go out and see a, an exciting game. This is the Galaxy. There are expectations. It's a huge club. It, it needs to have ambition. It needs to be. Exp- it needs to win. Finishing second is not good enough. The fans recognize that. AEG has been telling us this. Since the, the franchise started and since they went to MLS Cup final that first year, right, they've been telling fans this is what we are about. And so now the fans say, yes, we agree with you. We need to win or the season doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden they're blocking them. I mean, I, I think this could be I, – I, I guess I'm a little apprehensive to say too much, but I think this could be a theme this year because we understand it's Chris Klein's last season. We understand it's Dan Beckerman's last season. They need to produce. Their their, their
2: contract is up. Let's say that? We have no idea if it's their last season. Their contract is up. Their
0: contract's up. Yeah. So that, you know, this could be something that uh, is, is worth following all season, but, Uh, The expectations are there. I think back, you know, when you talk about the Yankees, when Joe Joe Torrey was the manager here with the Dodgers, he told me a story about managing the Yankees one year. And if you remember, they lost the World Series in 2001. They lost the World Series to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yankees had the best closer in the history of baseball. Mariano Rivera as a broken bat, bloop single that didn't even get out of the outfield. That scored the winning run in Game 7, the bottom of the ninth inning in Game 7. The Yankees were one out away from winning the World Series. Joe Torrey said the next year, the start of spring training, the fan got the elevator with him at the team hotel and said, I hope we're going to do better this year, Joe. <laughs> they got to the bottom of the ninth or the seventh game of the World Series. The, the, the Galaxy have those kind of expectations from their fans. They should embrace that. They should not. Turn around and and push back against it.
2: Yeah, but it would be I I would agree that it would be ridiculous if the if a fan said that after the LA Galaxy went to an MLS Cup and lost an MLS Cup. You know, that type of thing is, oh hey, you know, Chris Klein, I hope that they do better next year, you know, below the whole deal is the the thing. That I mean, listen, I think everybody here would take an MLS cup worthy team in terms of you get there. You you challenge for something. How
0: about you win a playoff game? <laughs> How about, you get, the How about <laughs> you get to the playoffs? How about you get to the playoffs? yeah. yeah.
2: Right. I Baby mean, steps. There, there's all these things, but here's the thing is that you have a company that it gladly will take everybody's money, right? All the people who are in this chat room, most of them are season ticket holders. Most of them spend a tremendous amount of money on this brand, on all these people. And if you want to go out and do this responsibly, which is, you know, you're not using profanities, you're not losing slurs, you're not doing any of those things, and you want to say that, hey, this is the way I want to protest and I'm gonna respond back to your trade and you get blocked. Well, they had no problem, you know, swiping their credit card whenever the credit cards came in. But you can't take the criticism of a team that has that made the playoff once in the last five years. Um, you know, it's just it, it's it's a tremendous misstep. In my and listen, it's not gonna get a lot of coverage. Um, it'll probably be swept under the rug. And I'm sure we're gonna hear that, oh, that was it's corrected and everything. And as somebody said, the intern over at AEG worldwide. Um, I, I think that does people who do social media a disservice. Most of the time it's not the intern running a multi-billion dollar company's uh, you know, uh, uh, Twitter account, right? It's somebody who m- is majored in marketing and social media and all those other things. So these are high-paid professionals who are trying to run this and curate this, and they decided the best course of action for a protest was to just block people.
0: Well, we, you and I both saw this in 2017. You and I were both very, uh, me more than you, were both extremely critical of the team and the move to the youth movement and how terrible they were. And we were aware of public comments made by some people in the front office, Chris Klein and others, against us personally about how we were negative. The only thing that changed for me was the results on the field. When the Galaxy were winning, Chris Klein loved my coverage. When the Galaxy were losing, he hated it. It's the scores changed, and and that's the only part of the coverage that changed is the scores. I, I will say that I do feel I have felt over the this drought that when the people in the front office would say we're all about winning if we don't win the mls cup it's a bad it's a it's a failed season i believe that at the beginning i don't believe that so much anymore i believe that they're saying those things still but they're saying it because it's just like a rote memory thing they that they don't in 2016 2015 2014 that was the expectation of the galaxy I, i don't know that the 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 front office feels that way anymore. I feel like they feel like let's just and maybe this maybe they need to go back to ground one. They feel like you know, square one. They feel like let's just get to the playoffs and win. Um, but it used to be the expectation was MLS cup final or bust. And you can argue about maybe that's too high a standard, but that's where the standard was. Some fans still have that standard.
2: It's, it's the, you know, the, the eroding of the magic, right? It's a, it's, it's piece by piece that it falls apart. And right now, I mean, you know, we were talking at the beginning about Rusnak. We were talking about Ilya Sanchez. We're talking about Acosta, right? Especially Rusnak. If you're trying to attract him right now, Kevin, let's say all things are equal. OK, let's say if you're Seattle and the LA Galaxy, they're offering offering the same amount of money. Which team are you picking to play for? It's Seattle, right? That's not hard. If everything is equal, it's Seattle. And the reason it's Seattle is because they have everything together. They have Garth Lager right up there. They have Brian Schmetzer. They know their identity. They know who they're trying to be. They feel the consistent team. I mean, basically, Seattle is out LA Galaxy in the LA Galaxy in a way that is very much a center to this to Seattle. Seattle is lapping the LA Galaxy right now with what they're able to do year over year and reload. Somebody was asking, you know, who the best team in the Western Conference is right now in Seattle. In this preseason with everybody they got, with getting Rusnak in there and being able to I think to take Joel Paulo and and moving him down to a, a TAM contract um, and him accepting that and him and accepting saying- it. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. If that's if we're going to win, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm all for it.
2: And and so, you know, you you look at what they're able to do. They're the ones making the moves where everybody's scratching their head going. How did they get that done? You know, it's one of those. And they're the team that has that pull right now. It's Seattle. Seattle is the number one team in the Western Conference as far as I'm concerned right now. Um, And if you look at the L.A. Galaxy. If the LA Galaxy stayed the same and don't make any moves, then they're losing positions because I think you're seeing teams like LAFC get a little bit better. I think that, you know, uh, Sporting Kansas City is going to be the same. I think Colorado got worse and I think that this is a hallmark of sort of uh, the Pablo uh, times uh, whenever he uh, with uh, Pablo mastereni whenever he was there. Now they have Robin Frazier, but they're losing pieces. They're really going to have to find a way to get more out of less again, which is what something Robert Frazier probably does really well in his system. But then you look at, you know, RSL who maybe have gotten worse. Actually, they've gotten worse. You can tell. And Pablo Mastroini, again, the second year of Pablo is usually a bad year whenever it comes to, what, to these different things. Port-
0: Portland, after making the final, they got a ton of confidence. They're going to be better than the sum of their parts. I think they're going to play better than they deserve to play. Just off that, Nashville coming in, it's a game changer for the conference. I think Minnesota will be good again. Um, It's an improved conference. I I agree with you. I think Seattle and and Real Salt Lake both got markedly worse, and I think Colorado got worse too. Seattle
2: got better uh RS, portland's said, better yeah, yeah portland's better um skc vancouver. vancouver have they gotten better did they did well they, they played well at the end played, of the season yeah the i don't coach. believe i don't believe that yet i it's okay. just that that was it's kind of like rsl it's like you can't believe that but they've gotten worse that type of thing but bottom line is there's another good team with nashville nashville's a top five team in the western conference right now so the la galaxy slide at least a spot there lafc's gotten better what have the galaxy done to match lafc right now nothing um, now, LAFC was the worst team last year. They were. And certainly whenever they played the LA Galaxy, you could see that as well. But they're going to get better with getting Acosta, with getting Elias Sanchez. They have shored up a center of the field problem. The LA Galaxy have a center of the field problem, which has not been shored up. Um, so if the Galaxy are fine just being one of the other teams in the Western Conference, which is currently what they are, they're just another team in the Western Conference, somewhere in the middle of the pack, Kevin, maybe closer to the bottom than they are to the top. Uh, If they're fine doing that, then continue on with what they're doing because, but it's that erosion of greatness because this used to be a team where you were like in 2015, even though they had just won in 2014, you're like, they're going back and it never came together in 2015 and 2016. You're like, maybe they can put it together again. Again, it didn't come together in 2016, but you still had, it didn't come together. They made the playoffs both of those years. Um, And then you go to 2017 where everything starts to fall apart. This has been erosion by degrees, small little things that have happened over the years to lower the expectations. The LA galaxy have to live up to that and what they're trying to do so far this year, because they have no track record with doing it. The people in charge have zero track record of putting together a winning team outside of Vanny outside of Vanny. And again, I'm going to argue this Vanny's going to get colored with the, the LA galaxy failures over the last five years because he's, the forward facing guy on all of this. Um, Well,
0: he is the savior. I think they've said, we have no idea how to do this. That it's sort of sort of the, the feeling around the team is Bruce did this great. And we have no idea how to follow him. We have no idea to do this, Greg, you come in and do it, but we're not going to give you any of the tools you need to actually accomplish that. We're going to kind of get in your way.
2: Yeah. Um, Hey, hey, we uh, only because we've seen that, right. It's only because what, what we've seen and, um, I think people, and certainly I think people in the galaxy organization sometimes get confused about this either as well. Kevin, this is not a, not a reflection on the people who work in that front office. It's not a reflection on Chris Klein or Jovan Krofsky or Greg Vanny or anything. Um, in fact, personally, I get along with all of those guys and I think they're all perfectly wonderful human beings. That being said, if you don't produce, then you're going to get negative coverage. And right now, with what we've seen so far in this playoffs, you're giving them more time. That's fine. And I understand it. It just feels like there's a real lack of plan once things didn't go the way they thought they were going to. And already, that's a that seems to me a, a, a poor stance.
0: Well, go back a little bit, though, because Chris Klein was there during the Bruce Arena years. The, during the, 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 he was around. He was in the front office. He was in
2: 2015. In f- did he become president? I think. But Bruce, well, but Bruce was still there.
0: No, yeah, but I, and Yovan was there. I mean, these guys were there. Pete was there. My point is, they they can be valuable. They can do good work when they're put in positions to succeed. And and whether Bruce just took all the responsibility on, whether he watched those guys, I don't know what happened in the front office that, at that time. But it does. You you just can't say these guys are are, are you know the, the gang that can't shoot straight because they shot really straight for a long now, time. Yeah,
2: but you, how much? So so you you say that, but then when you remove the piece that has arguably been the piece that puts everything together, and certainly you look at what Bruce Arena did at New England, right? Then there seems to be a tendency to say, well, they weren't really part of that, were they? That was Bruce's success, and that's a it was it was. It and, they and were there was there.
0: a lot of and there was a lot of jealousy when Bruce left, and the idea was we're we're going to show that we can do it without Bruce, that it wasn't Bruce. And we saw what happened and they still haven't recovered from that. I think Greg Vanny is kind of looked at in some ways that, as I said, to be the savior, to be Bruce arena, to, to do what Bruce arena did. Um, it, it may be to, the, the damage may already have been an irreparable at this point to, to put it back together again. But my point is, is the same as you. I, I like those guys too. You know, I get along with them. Well, they're kind of fun to hang out with some of them. Um, and if you put them in the right position, they can be successful. It's right now. It, it just doesn't. I think that's what Greg Vanny is trying to do with this realignment of the front office in this sort of linear fashion is plug these guys into holes where they're comfortable. They haven't been in those holes for the last five or six seasons.
2: <sighs> See, isn't that a nice cheerful Monday podcast? Is everybody everybody ready for this? this is I mean, I don't know. It's Maybe it's because I, I have a cold. Maybe I'm just angry. I'm an angry old man who has a cold and who doesn't who wants to go to bed. And doesn't want to sit here and edit this podcast here in like 15 minutes, which I'll have to do, which by the way, there's like almost no editing because I make it that way. But at the same time, I still have to do it and I'm still going to be up till like 1030, which is way too late for a person who is as old as me. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's my angry man podcast for, for this month. Maybe I'll, I'll be feeling better on Thursday for that. What do you what do you think, Kevin? Good. Just wrap it up. We're good. I've been I was
0: started i had nothing as you can tell
2: <laughs> i was good I, I think we had some good conversations i mean i almost
0: pronounced the name correctly
2: yeah I, I, that, that would have been close. unlike you uh that was yeah. close um I, I will say this that uh, all these problems a lot of these problems get solved by winning by putting things in so you know if the galaxy start winning they're gonna get as <laughs> kevin <laughs> you said it perfectly and i've always said this i go you want you want to have positive news win because winning yeah. because i we will talk about what is going on. If there is nothing going on or if there is bad things going on, we will talk about bad things. If there are good things going on,
0: we will talk about good things. That's how news works. I'll tell you, I will I will challenge anyone to look at my reporting from 2014 when they won the MLS Cup and 2017 when they had the worst season in franchise history and find any difference in the, in the coverage other than the scores. Right. The score everything reflects out of the scores. And you know what? If the Galaxy have a great season, maybe Chris Klein is executive of the year.
2: Yep. Maybe he gets to contract extension, right? I mean, that's what that's what all this stuff is happening right now. This is this is where the rubber meets the road. Um and, you know, Dan Beckerman is under pressure. There's a lot of pressure. The Kings aren't playing well, the the um the Galaxy aren't playing well. Um so But you know
0: what? The crypto.com just gave them a ton of money. I yeah, think Didn't they have that, a whole- that
2: makes they, Beckerman's they, job a little safer. They suspended trading of 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 their cryptocurrency, I believe, today because there were some unauthorized. There's a whole bunch of that's not gonna end well. Um I just I and, just have Well, and then
0: that figures in too. <sighs> that figures in too, right? I mean, if 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 he makes the seven hundred million dollars, then Beckerman maybe is safe. If he loses that and, and gives up the staples deal and then winds up with nothing. You know Tim Le was pretty successful until he wasn't successful anymore, and now he's successful again since he's left.
2: So. He, he's a winner. That guy. That guy will find a way to succeed in anywhere he can. All right, we're getting out of here. I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. Uh, are you good? You're good. Just, just. No, I like been good forever. Okay. good. Now I don't know about that. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter 11 Head on over to corner of the or times.com. we will get to the corner of the galaxy latimes.com Kevin has a newsletter subscribe to that newsletter I do it comes to your mailbox it's free go ahead do it and he writes a lot of stuff there's a lot of good tidbits he'll have some coverage of his talk with uh, LA Galaxy uh, head coach there uh, Greg Vanny so you can check that out also um, with the Galaxy back in preseason, we're expecting that there's going to be a media call this week. So look for coverage of that from Kevin and I as well. If you're looking for me on Twitter at jgesman JG, U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Podcast news, all that fun stuff is right there for you, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, that'll do it. Monday's over. Show coming up on Thursday. We'll see if we can wrangle somebody for that as well uh, and get you uh, all the live updates from the LA Galaxy now in preseason training with just 41 days to go until they face off against the defending. MLS Cup chance. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato-Gessman. You've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the box on
1: cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.